Hello, listeners. I just wanted to pop in up top real quick and let you know a quick reminder that on Friday, October 30th, the Scary Movie Pod crew, me, Caroline, and Ian, are hosting a live Halloween party. You can join us virtually to show off your costumes, eat some snacks, chat, and watch House of a Thousand Corpses together. You won't want to miss it, so head over to scarymoviepod.eventbrite.com or click the link at scarymoviepod.com to buy your ticket to celebrate together this year. Inside every one of us. There exists a dark side. Most people rise above it. But some are consumed by it. Michael? Until there is nothing left. But pure evil. Behind these eyes, one finds only darkness. These are the eyes of a psychopath. Hello, Sydney. Uh, hi. Who is this? It's your killer host. My name is Parker, your resident horror fanatic. And I'm Julianne, your A24 whore. And welcome to... What's Your Favorite Scary Movie is a horror film podcast where we're on a journey to find our favorite scary movie one at a time. Whether you hate them or love them, join us and discover yours. Spoilers ahead, so plan your movie screening every weekend before the episode release. Here, I'll make some ghost noises. (laughs) Here, give it a shot. Give it a shot. <laughs> that was actually really good. I know I laughed. That's a werewolf. I like your response. <laughs> that was that intentionally a dog? It was supposed to be a werewolf, and then like oh, that's close. That's close. I thought it was a ghost, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I wanted to mix it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. That's good. I'll use that. I'll use that. <gasps> Spooky ghost. <laughs> we are really starting this op- episode, episode off with a bang because I'm feeling goofy and uh, just really drained of brain after my most recent movie watching experience. And luckily, who wants to have their brains drained alone? I'm here with the one and only Julianne Marie. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Of course. I was against it, but just the forces of evil wrenched you out of the woodwork. Clawed my way out of the ground and came back to you, I know. Exactly. The sequel to Drag Me to Hell is Drag Her Back. There's no getting around it. 
tonight i thought i thought actually i didn't think this because i didn't choose this movie but you know who did julianne she said no, stop it ice gave you options and i said it would be interesting maybe that's all i said you only have yourself to blame it's true and i was seduced seduced by the festive um festivities of watching a halloween movie and you know 1978 been there done that 2018 seen it 2007 i've also seen it but haven't talked about it on the podcast so that's right breaking news we are talking about halloween 2007 that is it that's what we're doing yeah okay we'll just start off with the stats and then we'll get into our thoughts exactly as i've spoiled already 2007 what a year and not drunk guys no not at all i'm i'm true i'm truly not i'm truly not i promise but you know halloween 2007 written and directed by rob zombie and you probably may have been drunk when he was writing and directing this that that i cannot speak to and wouldn't be surprised and i recently found out uh, and by recently, I mean the second I heard the name Rob Zombie. That's not his real name. Isn't that a bummer? Oh, no. Imagine being born into the zombie name. How cool would that be? Iconic. I actually have seen Mr. Rob Zombie <gasps> a few times in my day. Yeah, he was... Uh, a few? A few. A few. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's actually, it's a good time. Yeah, not gonna lie. He's a, he's a character. He's a character, guys. By um, a few times, how many times is a few times? maybe two or three times uh there used to be this this uh tour called uh the mayhem fest tour and it'd be like a bunch of like metal bands and usually the headliner would always be like rob zombie or marilyn manson or Korn, like the bigger kind of metal bands corn slipknot and uh yeah he popped up a few times yeah wow. um, i had no idea i was getting into a discussion with an expert <laughs> come on well as julianne has just alluded to yes and um intimately alluded to i had no idea the intimacy between herself and mr zombie but um rob zombie is a singer who started with the band white zombie um and then he went solo with a very successful multiple platinum album selling career as a solo artist with songs yeah. like um, usually I'd put more than one example, but all I wrote was Dragula. Through the ditches and birds, through, yeah, that one, you know, you know it. Just know, guys, that this movie, I don't know how you guys were around but this movie was a big deal in 2007 this movie like crushed the box office like i mean i think i want to say its budget was like maybe 15 million and it made like 80 or something like that do you have that, yeah, that is exactly correct on the money i believe it is still the top selling or top grossing labor day weekend release i believe so yeah yes and yeah the halloween 2 that came out in 2009 that was also written directed yeah yep Mm -hmm. And I was just a young lad in 2007, so I don't remember the hype. But Julianne, do you have any more personal? There, yeah, there, there was hype. Um, I didn't see it in theaters. I missed it. I got it, and I ended up getting it on DVD. And I was like, I mean, everyone was excited. So if I was in, 
in, I was going into my senior year of high school then, um, in the summer of 2007, and, uh, people were pumped about it, especially any horror fan, I was just like, oh, what's Rob Zombie gonna do with Halloween, like, you know, what, what's that look like, and, uh, remember seeing it, and I was like, huh, that's interesting, it's, um, you know, this is like the, uh, you know what, we'll save it, yeah. we'll save our thoughts. Yeah, spare yeah. me those words because I want to hear them in a minute. We were we were baffled by it. I'll say that mm-hmm, because before Halloween, we already had the first two entries in the trilogy that I have not seen. What's it called? What do fans call this trilogy? Um, the Firefly trilogy with the, the Firefly family. Um, that's what I was yeah. thinking. The one yeah. containing House of One Thousand Corpses, or would you call it House of a Thousand Corpses? And then also the Devil's Rejects had come out two years before it. So, I mean, he yeah. definitely had undoubtedly, like, really carved his name out already in the horror scene. Because those, yeah. those are very popular as well, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he was, uh, he made an indent, whether people liked it or not, in, in horror at that point. So, Halloween stars Scout Taylor Compton as Laurie Strode. She was in Halloween 2 as well. And practically every TV show from when we were young, like That's So Raven. Gilmore Girls and Charmed. Uh, also stars Mr. Malcolm McDowell as Sam Loomis, who was so sexy back in the day. Um, he, he also starred in A Clockwork Orange. He was also in um, Cat People from the 80s, in case you've mm. never seen that before, guys. Halloween 2 and 31 in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. Tyler Maine, who I believe was, I, I think he's a wrestler. I think, I think Rob Zombie plucked him out of the wrestling world. Um, he stars as Michael Myers, the adult Michael Myers. He was also in Halloween 2 and also in The Devil's Rejects. And Rob Zombie has his, his crew. He's like a Ryan Murphy, right? Ryan Murphy, you know, kind of has this, like the same 25 actors that he rotates. That's Rob Zombie. What did too. Rob Zombie ever do to you to deserve mm-hmm. that comparison? Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> the truth hurts. Brad Dourif, as we all know, is Mr. Chucky's voice. Um, and then young Michael, I'm not totally sure how to pronounce his name. It's, it's, it's a German name, I believe. It's Daig Fertsch. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that. Sorry, Daig or Daig. We don't know. Mr. M- Mrs. Rob Zombie, Miss Sherry Moon Zombie as Deborah Myers. And also, I would just throw in that I think Sherry Moon Zombie is really a huge asset of this movie. I, she was one of the yeah. characters that I felt like I connected with the most. I was actually going to say that. I, I think her performances can go either way. Sometimes she overdoes it. Other times I think, I mean, and, and I think it's the way Rob Zombie directs her, but other times I think she's great. I think in this movie, she's actually really sympathetic. And I, I, I felt for her, I felt, well, we'll get into the, the logistics, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, obviously Rob Zombie both wrote and directed this movie. So, I mean, it's, his everything we see we have to assume is his vision just the way that there's kind of a common thread with how all the characters are acting that um I felt she was different from that really wasn't working for me for like the young women or yeah I don't like all uh Judith Myers Lori and Lori's two Mm -hmm. friends they they could all be interchangeable honestly Mm -hmm. sure they were just saying and acting all the same things But before we get to that, I know people have no idea what this movie is about, and so I must tell them. After, uh, this is also IMDb's summary. I will not be taking credit for this. 
So after being committed for 17 years, which I did the math, and he must have been in the prison for two. I'm not, it says 15 years later in the movie, but I'm sure there's some time that we missed. Michael Myers, now, now a grown man and still very dangerous, escapes from the mental institution and immediately returns to Haddonfield to find his baby sister, Lori. Dun, dun, dun. Mm, what a spoiler. I guess it's not a secret in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's it's canon to Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they would later nix that anyway. Whatever. What, uh, yeah. yeah. Here nor well, if you're wondering what the Rotten Tomatoes information for this, we're kind of changing up how we do this because I think more useful than the percentage is the average critic's um, rating for Halloween 2007 is a 4.3 out of 10. And the average audience rating for Halloween 2007 is a 6.8 out of 10. That's higher than I would expect, huh? And the critics, they say, when I read critics' consensus, I'm like, I'm picturing a big meeting, a lot of Mm -hmm. people at a round table, all throwing out ideas. How will we consense Halloween 2007? And here's what they came up with. They said, Rob Zombie doesn't bring many new ideas to the table in Halloween, making it another bloody disappointment for fans of the franchise. And I would like to ask, you know, that seems pretty subjective. Julianne, what would your, like, couple of sentence uh, Rotten Tomatoes consensus say for Halloween 2007? Oh, we're doing this this soon, huh? Okay. Um... I I think that let me hold on. I actually wrote this down. Well, I actually <gasps> I thought of this. Wow, um, I'm honored. Uh, I think Rob Zombie's version of Halloween is Halloween on white trash steroids. That's what I think it is. Um, now, let me just say that I think that, so. I don't I don't hate this movie. I don't love this movie. I th- I find it. Like, I find all of his movies, I find it fascinating. I find it, he is truly doing what he wants to do. But with that being said, it is a little bit lazy. It is, it, all he really does in this movie is he adds back backstory and it, and a pretty stereotypical kind of, you know, oh, the, you know, the, the guy, who, the, the abusive family. And don't get me wrong, there are families that look like this and I'm not, you know, knocking that, but it's like, it's very, you know, kind of okay, blah, blah, blah. He kills cats, he kills dogs because he's a, he's a, you know, little future murderer, blah, 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 blah. Very cliche. And then once they get to the present day, it pretty much is a beat by beat, like Gus Van Sant remake of Psycho that he did in 1998. It's the same thing. He, he pulled a Gus Van Sant. He did like the same thing and just made it kind of, bulkier and more aggressive and uh and more vulgar for a modern audience and for his own uh, Rob Zombie as he always says he he's he's into 70s exploitation films he so he likes very like you know kind of movies that are like in your face and and vulgar and you know there's a lot to this movie that's extremely violent that the other the original movie would never do would never go but it's his version of it um but yeah I think it's a white trash Halloween on steroids that's what I think of it Mm, Rotten Tomatoes, good luck fitting that on your page. <laughs> I would say my my critics' consensus is pretty, I mean, it's not that far off from yours. I yeah. actually have seen this before. The consensus has not started yet, so stop counting my sentences. But uh, just some context. I'd seen it before. I remember absolutely despising it. 
And mm-hmm. I did not absolutely despise it this time around. Yeah. My critics' consensus would say something along the lines of, as Julianne kind of said, it thinks that it is really going off and blowing our minds. And I would like to tell Mr. Zombie, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so I would like for Halloween 2007 to calm down a little bit. And I think that there was a thought going through my head the whole movie. And I realized that I think that it's really interesting that Rob Zombie seems to want to play with class here as in like social and financial class. But so that's not what I'm talking about when I say this, but this movie just seemed really unclassy to me. And the original seems like a really classy horror movie. Right. Right. And I know that the original is very like middle-class people having troubles, you know, first world probs, my son's a serial killer. And this one, I think is, it's interesting that it's trying to play with that. Like Michael and Lori, you know, they share genetics, but just where they're brought up, how they're brought up is what he seems to be, you know, implying made the difference. Sure. I think that's really interesting. And that's kind of an emotional depth that I don't think the original could have pulled off. But I think, I mean, the difference is that the original wasn't trying to pull anything like that off. Well, the original, not to cut you off, right? Just the original is, was kind of, um, as John Carpenter was just like, oh, we're just making a horror movie. But like, it really was kind of a, like, it's, it was kind of a commentary, very subtle commentary on like, it was late seventies post Vietnam more of like the distrust of it's like, it's, it's you're, you're kind of like, wow, I can't trust my neighbors. My neighbors aren't helping me. I can't, I don't know. I, I have, there's no one around. There's like, there, there's this, there's this suburb suburban, like, Oh, everyone's safe in suburbia. And it's like, no, you're not even safe in your own home kind of thing because we can't even trust our next door neighbor kind of thing, you know? But again, in the most subtle way, obviously, but this one, as you said, this is, this is a class thing too, but in different ways. And, had it um, had it been said more poignantly, I think it would have really been a, a little bit better of a movie. But the, the thought the thought is there that counts. So, yeah. And actually, do we know very much about like what Rob Zombie is like as a person? I mean, he um, I I believe he's vegan. Have we been a vegan? <laughs> I mean, that's got to be a good person, right? I mean, they love animals. (laughs) No, I mean, I think, you know, his, as, um, his, his aesthetics, I mean, have you ever, have you ever seen any of his music videos before or anything? Uh, Not music videos, no, but I've seen part of some of his other movies. I haven't seen the Firefly ones. I've seen the first, uh, like, 15 minutes of House of a Thousand Corpses before I, um, snoozed a bit. Um, okay. And I've seen also, I believe, like the first 30 minutes of 31 and was like, this is not for me. Yeah, 30, 31's not, I, I couldn't finish 31 either. But um, no, his his art direction is all kind of in sync, like like that his vision is very heightened, which is cool. I mean, I think it, honestly, in some of his movies, it actually works really well, but it's all a matter of his writing and directing. Mm-hmm. More, so I would, more so I would say writing. His writing is just not strong where it's like, Yeah, and I think I really, really, really felt that. As I said earlier, I feel like not necessarily what the young women are saying, which 
is obnoxious. By the end of the movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, who talks like that? Um, But I think the way that they clearly are told to act was a little like, but then the writing, I think, really did a disservice to Brad Dorff's character. A lot of things that the sheriff said really felt flat and um, Mm -hmm. just not even the way that Brad Dorff was saying it, but just the line. It's like, that's not adding much to the situation. And it just sounds like a hollow thing that nobody would actually say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we were, like we said, um, it kind of, well, for, first let, let's just, let's just a couple things first, mm. just so everyone knows we watched the director's cut, mm. um, the theatrical cut. I don't think I've ever actually ever seen it. I don't think I've actually ever seen the well, theatrical cut. Unless you have it on DVD, I can't find anything except the director's yeah. cut online. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I, that's what I have on DVD director's cut. Um, and, uh, also the movie opens with this quote and I like, it's such an obvious quote that just kind of like okay rob we get it give it (laughs) to me quote the darkest souls are not those which choose to exist within the hell of the abyss but those which choose to break free from the abyss and move silently among us yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense for michael but it's almost so on the nose that it's just like it's trying to be smarter than it is and i'm like no no well i don't know if you noticed in this movie but michael really likes masks and uh i feel like yeah as you're reading that quote i was like seeing him like putting a mask on his face and i was like wow yeah power that's what we call power rob zombie (laughs) but i agree with you that i think visually the movie is really slick it is i think really also attractive i think that you know they're his other work seems a little more like, I mean, this movie is a grittier Halloween, but it's yeah. not like a saw, like textured and like, ew, clean that bathroom. Well, some of his stuff goes into a bit of surrealism too. Like House of a Thousand Corpses actually has a moment where it's really surreal, where it kind of loses me, but that's his thing. And also Lords of Salem. Have you ever seen Lords of Salem? I have not. He goes into a surreal kind of like Suspiria-like kind of visuals, but in this case, it's not so much that. It's just, like you said, very gritty, very raw, very heightened, and that's what he was going for, and I respect that. That's cool, um, but it is it is actually paced and edited a little bit weird, too, I would say. Like, there's the scene, like, we're watching Malcolm McDowell um, as Dr. Loomis. He's giving a presentation, and the camera <laughs> zooms in on him, then zooms out, then zooms in then zooms out and it, I'm like just Rob I'm like just just let us watch him give the speech but it, they're trying to show hit the, the little boy's eyes like Michael's eyes I'm just like okay we get it he has really dark eyes in the meantime like the whole like the original movie was all about like oh the the, the boy with the blackest eyes and he, he was soulless and this and that this little boy in this movie is blonde haired blue-eyed do- doughy like real chubby and cute and I'm like I, I just don't the casting is like I I don't know. I don't know. How do you how do you feel about the young boy who plays Michael? We'll start off well, with that. I think that my issue is not as much with him because he knows how to scream. You know, he can do many things that I um, thought that is exactly what you were asked to do. Good mm-hmm. luck. Congratulations. Um, but you know, the kind the largest contribution that Rob Zombie gave to this film is this prequel uh, backstory for Michael Myers. 
And so I don't think it's for me an issue with him, but with the entire situation. And I know this is probably going to be like a large chunk of what we have to talk about is, you know, what is the point of this? Is it worth it? Uh, You know, is this like the way to do a remake? I don't know. But I think talking specifically about young Michael, I don't know how he would have him silent the whole movie, but I mean, I just, it doesn't do it for me having him be as vocal as he was. And even for me, like he murders his family, goes to the hospital and he's still shouting and screaming and just really blabbing. And then it's just kind of like, I guess over time, he just loses the will and become silent like it's not even like the event traumatized him and made him silent like I just the disconnect of like he needs to be a mute when he's an adult like Mm -hmm. I didn't I felt like if he's going to talk at the beginning there needs to be purpose and I didn't feel that it felt more convenient that they just like oh okay he just went silent okay because Michael Myers is silent it didn't really have a purpose no I completely agree with you it's and like you said as we're as we're probably going to spend a lot of time on you know, a lot of contemporary audiences are, are always wanting more. They're always wanting, oh, they want, they want answers. They want backstory. They want context. They want, you know, and they're always complaining and they're, they, they don't have, they don't have the patience for movies. Like, like there are probably younger people that watch Halloween for the first time and don't understand the simplicity, the, the mystery of it. They want everything. Oh, well, why is he like that? Why did he do that? And it's sometimes you, and most, most times I would say, you just simply don't need that. Cause it's, it's, mm-hmm. you don't need answers. You don't, sometimes your brain can d- answer those things for yourself. And it's way, way scarier than they could ever write or ever give you. And you don't, you just simply don't need that. And they don't have the patience for it. Rob Zombie zooms in and he's like, yay, I'm going to make a movie that just goes into why Michael Myers is Michael Myers, you know? And it's like, and it's like, okay, if you have a vision, okay, cool, go with it. But I think everything in this in this case is so cliche. It's so like, oh, like the white trash, like abusive stepdad. Okay, he, which who who is a total garbage piece of shit. I I you know I I did have sympathy for him. I, I get it. But like then it's like uh the, the smart ass daughter. Okay, the mom who's a dancer, exotic exotic dancer. And it's like oh she's getting you know his his classmates are making fun of him because his mom's a stripper. Blah blah blah. Everything was just so like A, B, C, D of what would constitute a modern day serial killer that it just feels so like, okay, been there, done that. And um, I don't know, it's, it could have been a lot more. It could have been something, we could have like seen him go through something very traumatic or like, and not to say, of course, there are serial killers who just are born that way and that's the way it is. But like, it would have been so much more interesting if we had something deeper to, to dig into but as you said, he only scratches the surface of like classism, of like how he was brought up. Like it's it's like oh well, I guess that's why he he was like that. It's like no, I know people who were brought up in, in abusive, white trash families, and they're not like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like he he scratched the surface, but he didn't go deep enough because Rob Zombie's movies typically aren't deep enough to go there. So it could have been a lot better than what we got. Yeah, basically. and I think what you really nailed is um. Like, do we need to have sympathy for Michael Myers? Yeah. Um, that's a big part of what this is doing is it's like, oh, he's a misunderstood 
villain like Maleficent or something. Disney's all about mm-hmm. this type of story. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, do, I mean, and this movie doesn't make any like questions about whether or not he's evil. Like he still is. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, I don't know if I need to feel bad for Michael Myers. Um, yeah. I read something that Rob Zombie was going to have adult Michael um, speak to Lori at the end and call her boo, which was the name for mm-hmm. the baby, which <laughs> when I just said it out loud, I pictured Michael being like, hey, boo. He eventually said that he changed his mind because passing the photo for, uh, to Lori was enough and that having him speak and having that intimacy would ruin his mystique as the killer. And I thought, Rob. Bro, bro you already ruined the mystique an hour. <laughs> you spent 45 minutes ruining that mystique. Jesus. Oh, um. And like you kind of hit on, it's like, these are all very basic things that I think if you asked anybody on the street, like, oh, if you saw someone like Michael Myers, what do you think would have made him evil? And they would say all the things that you listed that Rob Zombie does here. And there are so many more interesting ways that that could have happened. Like you said, trauma, or even like this movie could have had a whole backstory and it could have been really scary if he was just a normal guy who just was like, maybe I'll just kill some people. You know, like, that could have been scary, too. Like, there are so many creative ways to come at a character like Michael Myers because he's really a blank slate. And um, I just felt like none of those opportunities were taken. Something that I was going to say earlier, this movie reminds me a lot of the um, slasher remakes that came after it, specifically Black Christmas from 2009, where they basically do the same thing, where in the original Black Christmas, Billy is a character we know absolutely nothing about. He he is probably even more of a blank slate than Michael Myers is. They took some of the things that he was saying in the original movie and they made this whole backstory about him with an admittedly even white trashier family than Michael's family in this movie Mm -hmm. and gave him basically an identical backstory. I care a lot less about that backstory than I guess, because I had no sympathy for anyone in that movie and that movie is really crazy. um, Right. But to me, it felt very, it felt unfortunate to me that it seems like this movie, because it was so massively successful, seemed to set the trend in the bar for the movies that came after it uh, in the next couple of years. Man, as someone who, so like I said, I was in high school when all this whole trend was happening and it was just boom, one after another, after, I mean, the remake parade was just out of fucking control at this point. And I gotta say, it kind of turned me off as a lifelong horror fan. It kind of turned me off to horror for a little while. Now, don't get me wrong. There was tons of good stuff coming out, like Martyrs, like freaking Let the Right One In, like all these like late 2000s movies. They were they were around, but they weren't as prominent as these like studio remake ones because these ones made a shit ton of money and they were terrible. This this one this movie I don't, I don't think is terrible. I just think it's just it, it's. a lot of it is lazy I think it's laziness oh my you know it's like and that like you said it set the trend for like people just being like oh is that all we got to do okay shit that's easy and yikes (laughs) and I mean I think it's fun history repeats itself because we're seeing the same thing happening again but this time I know that you're not super warm on Halloween 2018 but we do have an episode on Halloween 2018 you can go read all about it it's done the same thing, in my opinion, where it came in not even that long, much longer late, 
after this. Like, I feel like when Halloween 2018 came out, everybody was like, we haven't seen a Halloween movie in a thousand years. And it had been, what, 10? I think that it did a similar thing where it was a smash success. We're starting to see similar movies come out and be made because of it. But I think Mm -hmm. that this movie, the remake... Uh, 2018 remake it's setting the bar much higher and having some thought I think that it's really I mean without losing the slasherness we talked about the original distress Mm -hmm. and this new one you know did the same thing where this time it's looking at gender and believing women feminism you know all that shit patriarchy parker over here I know you bring it out in me earlier. We were, I was talking about metal concerts rock on. So I just can't, okay. you, you turn me into a person that I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just saying that I think it's an inch. It's interesting to look at the timeline of how these things are happening. And I mean, yeah. even the first Halloween was setting the same trend. So it's just like Halloween seems to be our landmark movie every time around. Yeah. Well, I think what well, I think what you were getting to is that the the latest one, the twenty eighteen, that's kind of set a trend for movies that are um, that are uh, sequels, direct sequels, and skipping the rest of the franchise. Starting off from like, okay, we're going to start off forty years later from this from the first movie and going into that. Candyman's doing that. Texas Chainsaw is going to be doing that soon. Like it's yeah, so yeah, Halloween is will forever be. No matter what kind of form, it'll ever be a trendsetter. I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think that it's uh, also reflecting the larger horror trend right now, where these new slasher movies are also, they know now that we need them to have something to say, which right. Rob Zombie, bringing it back home, baby, yeah. uh, did not um, seem to have at the front of his mind while making this. No, no. He just wanted to make a Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah, like we were alluding to earlier, I think Sherry Moon is definitely a, is one of the best parts of this movie. Um, she's by far, I think, the most sympathetic. Um, like we were saying, I think like some of her performances in the movies, like some of them are really out there. Other times, she, I think she nails it. And uh, she kind of broke my heart in this movie. I, I don't, I think Rob Zombie, um, he's not great at writing women. As we know, he's not really, he's, it's not his forte. Um, but in this case, I, I really loved her. I thought she was the heart of the family. I was, I'm heartbroken when she, when she takes her life at her own hands. Um, but I also understand, I mean, she, everything was ripped, ripped away from her. But, but yeah, so she goes home and heartbroken and, and offs herself. And surprisingly, Rob Zombie pulls away and doesn't, he restrains himself. He doesn't show that which I really like that he that he doesn't show that because in the rest of the movie is so heightened with gore and in your face violence that he pulls away because I think it's more effective that way. And he knew that. I was like, good for you, Rob. And I think he yeah. stylized her specifically really well every time. There are multiple scenes where she's kind of screaming and crying like yeah. in slow motion and silence. And it's I thought, yeah, I think that that really was effective with her. Now you're yeah. talking about him not being restrained with a lot of things in this movie I actually think and this is a rare statement from me I would have loved to see that restraint throughout more of the movie there are Mm -hmm. two count them two times where the exact same thing happened and I wanted the exact same result both times when he kills Lori's parents and when he kills Annie he does the exact same thing he does with the parents where there is like 
an encounter, an attack on the porch. And then he drags them into the house and kind of kicks the door closed. And there's both times kind of a very striking stillness on the door. Um, Both of them kind of have like an ornament that like really rattles when the door closed and then there's stillness. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into the house afterwards to have these more graphic scenes. And I thought both times the door closing was really effective. It was just like, you're giving me the same thing over and over again. And it's something that even me, someone who really enjoy, enjoys gore, I feel like I don't need. And it was right. a long movie. It's a long movie. And um, he also, again, like we, we mentioned, like Rob Zombie is very influenced by exploitation films of the 70s and stuff, which is fine. But I really did not need the rape scene. I actually forgot about this. I forgot. I totally forgot about that. I was like, I watched. That was, was like, my oh, next oh, thing god. that I wanted to talk about. I hated. Oh it. god, I hated it. I mean, I. So, for the, anyone who has seen Showgirls, which if you haven't seen Showgirls, what the hell are you doing with your life? I um, haven't seen it. Don't spoil it. Oh my god! Come on, Parker. <laughs> god, you're, you're gay. How can I have seen Showgirls? <laughs> no, and it's it's one of the campiest. I mean, sincerely, I love the movie. It's, I don't. I I think it's a great campy movie, but there's there is a hardcore rape scene in this movie and it reminded me of that where i was just like they show the woman's buttocks like you know like the, the thrusting and and it just it was just so in your face i was like why do we need this rob you don't we don't need this and, and it, i just it, and with the language and and let's let's be let's just say this like just just because a movie is, is portraying something doesn't mean that it's actually backing that. It's not it's not saying he's advocating for that. I'm not I'm not saying that, but it's just it was just so in your face. It was just it was so exploit exploitative, and I, I hated it. I hated, I hated it, it too. Wow. And I I really in the moment just could not think of a single justification for it happening. No, and it's that's and that and mentioning like there's so much homophobic language. I I hate that. Yes. It's Ooh. again one or two slurs okay like whatever but it, i mean it got to the point where i was just like these i know these people are shitty and he's he's letting you know how shitty they are but like enough's enough like it just kind of yeah. we can never get away with that in 2020 let's just say that 13 yeah, I, ago, maybe but not now yeah i had a hard time with that language as well and like even calling people like retards which i know like we haven't uh you know we're just now getting to a good place with words like that so yeah. you know but still, it's just, that's kind of what I mean is like, not only does this rape scene seem so unnecessary and so gratuitous, oh. but um, the, the whole movie just gives off this really like, like masculine, like you were saying, exploitive vibe where watching that scene, I was kind of like, at the point where I was like, it is showing this in a way where it's like, do you want me to like enjoy this? Yeah. Like it, it was presented yeah. in a really uncomfortable way i really almost, hated it almost to a point where it was like does he want this to be titillating yeah so that, that's and i don't even think that that is a because ju- in my mind it's like well maybe that's you know sets him off because of his sister but this movie okay. i think failed massively by again having uh i mean it wasn't a gratuitous sex scene but like the, having a sex scene with nudity and like making a moment out of judith's sex moment there and not not finding a way to loop that into michael at all and that's a big thing about the original is people like to be like oh it's sex that sets michael off and so it's like if you're going to make that scene a moment 
why are you not pulling it into the main character and the main story? And then maybe then I would have been like, all right, well, here's some logic for why this rape scene exists. But it's not like that. This rape scene really is just like, it's there because I guess we needed more boobs in this movie. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Rob, that was, that was, that was a mistake, bad boy. Um, And there's, there's so much sex throughout this movie. Like it is like, there are, I think four pretty solid sex scenes in here. And it's like, including, it's like, you know, Judith, the rape, and then both of Lori's friends have like sex moments. And it's just like, why, why am I watching so much of this? I just want to mention too, not, not that this is totally uncommon because it does, it did happen a lot, especially in horror. Um, but Daniel Harris, who as Halloween fans would know, she was the little girl in Halloween four and five and he, he brought her back, you know, blah, blah, blah. I know he was getting at the point where it's like, Oh, let's show Daniel Harris's tits now that she's an adult. Uh, she's a grown up, but like, she was like almost 30 years old when they were shooting this and she's playing a teenager. That's like me playing a teenager. Like, <laughs> like again, I know, I know I'd it love happened. to see it. I know God, I'd be the angriest teenager in the world. Like I know it happens in movies, like they do some and she does look young, but I'm just like, she was 30 years old, man. Like I just and like ugh, I don't know. I just don't it's it's just it's so gross. It's just so gross. That's the whole movie. So I like, think having like like let's take the child star from the original ones and have her be a boob lady. Like that's a little yeah, weird. That's what it is. It's like it, it just feels like it'll stop. Like Well, because it's like this her being in this movie is directly related to us viewing her as a child so the other thing that this movie tries to add to the original halloween which we discussed there's this whole childhood shenanigans and then um we zoom forward to modern day where pretty much the original movie takes place beat by beat, as Julianne said. I will note that the parents, I thought, of Laura Schroeder were a nice addition because oh. I, again, similar to, I guess, Michael's mom, I felt more, like, emotion. I felt better characters in Laurie's parents than in Laurie herself. Oh, man. And, and it actually is effective. Like, much like Sher- when Sherry Moon, when, when Mrs. Myers dies, I, I really felt my heart hurt when, when he kills them. I'm like, oh, man. Like, mm-hmm. that could be any of our parents. And they're just... And yeah, she... This version of Lori, I don't really care for, but... um. Well, what is there? Like, what is there to latch on to to this story? Yeah, I mean, she, she's, she's whatever, you know, but, like, I don't, I don't know, the whole, like, I think it's weird that she's, like, putting, like, bagels on her tits and, like, doing swirly things in front of her parents. Like, that's, like, to me, like, I, like, that's just not the kind of relationship that I would have with my mom, so I guess I just don't connect to it. I'm like, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> well, know? Lori's supposed to be the every girl, you know? Yeah. We're all supposed to feel for Lori, and her friends are supposed to be caricatures, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier, that yeah. every woman in this movie, I, well, the young women specifically, they're all the same. Yeah. You need to have Lori separate from the pack. More grounded, yeah. Not to say that they their performances were poor, because I, I actually think they're all pretty solid in the movie. That, I mean, they did what they're supposed to do it's the way it's the way they were written you know yeah but um but yeah it's uh oh god i mean like we were saying it's a beat by beat. like once we get to present day it's literally a beat by beat of the original i mean even direct lines are just like you know oh tommy blah, blah, blah. it's like they're, it's all like i mean what really what is what different what difference is it really i mean once we get to the only thing that's different is the end 
yes, I think that the other large addition of this movie is just how long would you say it is? Fifteen minutes added to the end. Yeah, which which honestly, I I get so bored. I'm like, all right, we need we need to be over. <laughs> I also yeah, I did not enjoy this ending, and I want to ask you because they did a similar thing. Here I am connecting the dots, drawing lines, making connections. Um, they did the same thing in the remake of Friday the Thirteenth, where why do our slashers need to have these like dirt underground lairs like what is that oh my god what is it stop it first of all when the fuck did michael have time to do all this he was he's dodging the cops gravestone he's got decorations he doesn't have time he's got he's got got killing and chilling to do he he ain't got time up a fort so yeah i know hate it um and not to mention like okay Okay, let's let's talk about Michael himself. We really have. Wait, wait, wait! I want to say something that really tickled me about the dirt layer scene. Okay. I was watching this, and I've had a long day, so I was I felt like I was getting a little delirious by the end because I felt like I was in this nightmare that this movie wouldn't end. Um, (laughs) Sometimes it's a nice surprise. Evil Dead fake ending. Obsessed. I love Evil Dead's ending, the uh, the new one that remake twenty thirteen. Not that new, but whatever. (laughs) um i was laughing out loud during this finale because so Lori on the ground trying to get away from michael i think she knocked him out with something i can't even remember she runs up (gasps) doors change set shut she's got to you know wrench it open she's got to get out through those slats she runs up (gasps) gates locked she's got to rip it open she's got to crawl through she runs up (gasps) another locked door (laughs) i was laughing so hard because I was like, how many doors she got to go through? And then she gets out and pulls her right back in. I was just like, what the hell is going on here? Where I just watched the three, the same thing happen three times in a row. It's so bad. It's so bad. Literally 20 minutes could have been shaved off of this, the ending, and it would have been totally fine. Totally I would have been, I would have been fine ending it with, I mean, the way that the movie in the, the if you're going to give me this original beat by beat, I don't want to feel like the movie's over and I'm ready to go to sleep. And then you're going to give me another 20 minutes. I know. I know. It's yeah. Um, but Lori yeah, being to- grabbed out of the, tr- uh, out of the seat of the, the Dr. Loomis's car. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. And then he goes, wait, wait, <laughs> it's so funny too. Dr. Loomis, M- Malcolm McDowell's doctor goes, what the hell? <laughs> Cracked me up. I was like, "You are saying what the audience is literally thinking." Like, we're like, "What the hell? Can is this done already?" <laughs> He's you know. just like, "Is this again?" Oh my god! But yeah. So okay. So Laid this on Michael. Me. This Michael. What do we think? I, I. He's kind of like, and you. You may not get this reference, but he kind of reminds me of. He's like the roided Corey Taylor of Slipknot version. Like, they, so they have a so out of all their album cycles, like Volume Three, their their volume, their third album his mask looks like his if you look it up if you look it up i'm telling you are going to insult me and say you're probably not going to get this and then you're going to lay on the most obscure thing ever oh my god sorry no it really every time it is it's like the roided Corey taylor of of volume three version of slipknot it's like he's like that version like the the most ginormous gigantic but like i i don't hate it but I'm just, it's just kind of like, I don't know. What do you think about it? Like, he's just so. It's comical at first. Right? There's a scene, it's at the, it's right when we switch timelines where he like stands up next to some regularly sized people and it's like, excuse me? 
yeah. That is no man. I will say he's also identical to Billy in the 2009 Black Christmas um, with his hair hanging his face, massive man. Mm -hmm. Um, I bet that hair would be beautiful if you'd brush it. Just saying. Um, I think that I had actually had a couple of thoughts about this, Michael. One, I feel like so, you know, the, this empty pool happens at the end of the movie. Very autumnal. We've drained our pools. The weather is cold. Can't swim. Um, she falls in it, and he's coming towards her. I thought, while I was watching this, I thought the original Michael Myers, I feel like he would be walking towards her in the pool, and almost like a zombie, she'd be able to just kind of, like, run around and get past him because he's so slow. This yeah. Michael, I did feel a little bit more scared because I – you know, he has, he seems more capable. He seems a little stronger, a little more superhuman, like he's going to rip someone right out of the air. So I do, I thought that was an interesting adjustment. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he doesn't, he literally snap Lori's mom's neck. Yeah. He just like pushes her head. He didn't even like snap it to the side. He was just kind of like, yeah. I mean, he's strong as shit. Yeah. I will say some of the shots of where he's just kind of lurking and chilling in the, in, in the dark were effective. Yeah. I love they were, that. They, 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 they hearken back to the original where Michael's just like chilling, watching and being like waiting to hunt his prey. And I, I, I think he nails it in, um, especially the scene where Annie and her boyfriend are making out on the couch and he's kind of, and you, you almost barely see him. It's very, it's very like Tony Collette and hereditary where you're like, Oh, oh shit! There's something in the corner yeah. there, and you see. You see he does that scene. many times, and I love that. Yeah. I also liked when he'd do a quick pan, and you'd get a little yep. glimpse. Uh, mm-hmm. And even the longer takes, where like I think it's Lori and Tommy are walking down the sidewalk, and you can just see him following back there. Uh, you know, that's something that really scared me the first time I saw the strangers. I think that that yeah. is always. Uh, we're doing. Spoiler, next week, Caroline and Ian and I will be talking about Hell House, LLC. And that's, like, the thing about that movie that really kills me is just, like, seeing these people, like, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, where, oppositely, where it doesn't work, though, the scene where Michael is, so it's a direct call to the original. Lori and her friends are inside the school, and she notices him outside the window watching her and staring at her it doesn't work. It doesn't work. He's too bulky. And like, he, like they, they try to make him look smaller than he is in that scene. And he's huge. There's no way that no one's going to notice him walking around the school in, in the daylight that I don't think worked, but yeah, the nighttime scenes worked. I think that's where, you know, where the original one, he, Michael was scary in, and in the daytime and nighttime, like he was just, was a scary presence where he, it doesn't really work here, but at nighttime it works, but yeah. But yeah. Also, it's weird that they're going to give us such a um, direct, like we said, like visual remake without hitting some of the more like, like you said, if they're, they're doing callbacks like that, but then there's some really iconic moments that it's strange that they would, he would stick so much to the original movie while not doing like, you know, Lori crying and him slowly fading in or even like sitting up in some way or, yeah. you know, her and the, um, I did like, instead of her being in the closet and punching through that when they're in the shower and he punches through the glass door. Very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does, uh, in, uh, two on the nose again, but he does uh, harken back to like some of the music too from the original. Like he uses. Um, Poorly. 
poorly. Yeah, don't. I hated every time the song was in, it was in a bad spot. Don't Fear the Reaper. He, he, was, he started doing it every time Michael would show up. Dun -dun 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 -dun. And I'm like, okay, here, Michael's coming. That means he's coming. And then he stops doing it. And I'm like, well, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it all the way. <laughs> do it I thought you meant the theme song, the <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, that's overused as well. But no, I mean, they, they inserted Don't Fear the Reaper by the Oyster Cult. Um, and that, and he, he, he inserts um, Mr. Mr. Sandman, Sandman. Which, is, which is not even from the original. It's for that from Halloween 2. Am I, am I correct? Uh, I don't know. Also, I think that that the metaphor doesn't work for me. Calling Michael Myers Sandman, right? It doesn't work in this one. Yeah, I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I was saying, I think that in I think 2018 nailed it. The way that they use that song is like a hype song. Every time it comes on, it's like yeah, like they really get it. This one, like it came on. When did it come on? When he was a child. When he's walking. When he's going to kill his bully with that like log and it's just playing as they're just kind of like walking through the forest okay. and i was like why this is not a formative moment when we would want to hear the theme song right mm. right speaking about um his presence i wanted to talk about this because everyone wants to know what john carpenter the king john hill john carpenter sir what he thought about this movie um so there's tea there is there is definitely tea spill it girl the quote this is from cinema cinema blend um this article was from 2016 i actually remember when this came out quote he lied about me he said that i was very cold to him when he told me that he was going to make halloween this is carpenter talking about rob zombie nothing could be further from the truth i said make it your own movie man this is yours now don't worry about me I was incredibly supportive. Why that piece of shit lied, I don't know. <laughs> he had no reason to. Why did he do it? So frankly, that will color my response to the film. If I take it that if I take that away, I did not. I thought that he took away the mystique of the story by explaining too much about Michael Myers. I don't care about that. He's supposed to be a force of nature. He's supposed to be almost supernatural and he was too big. It wasn't normal. Boom. Mm. So let's let's discuss. <laughs> we had to discuss this. Um, I actually love the way that the original Michael Myers is presented. I read something about Rob Zombie wanting Dr. Loomis to be used more as a, a member of the plot in the story than just coming yeah. in. I think the quote was coming in and saying something dramatic. I do like him in this movie. I, do, I, I like the way Malcolm McDowell I do, but I also like the monologues from the original. Like, I think yeah. that while they're a little dramatic, they're a little over the top, I do think that they really add to how scary Michael is. Like, what does he say? Like, he is evil incarnate or something. Right. John, John's always a little bit, like, he's a little cold in general. Um, Johnny. I've, I've actually met John Carpenter. <gasps> Spill. No, he, he's a sweetheart, but I you know in interviews and stuff that he's known to be a little bit cold and kind of not, he's, he's not a great interview. He's very like blunt and just like short answers and, you know, is what it is kind of thing. Um, and he has a little bit of bitterness because some of his later movies weren't rece received very well. So I think he still kind of is a the little bit, kind of a little hurt about that. Yeah. To this day, but, um, but no, like, listen, when, when someone's remaking your movie, he's right. Like, you know, you do, you, you do, you, if you want to make a movie, you have to have a vision that's your own and do what you want to do. 
but you also can't say, and to, to be fair, you can't say, well, he took away the mystique of the of Michael Myers. I agree. I don't think that was necessary either, but that's what Rob Zombie did. And like, you can't, you can't say, oh, we'll do what you want to do. And then he does it. And then you fall him for it. It's like, it, yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't work, but like, that's what Rob Zombie wanted to do. And you can't, otherwise it's like, you know, like, what are you going to say? Right. But I do think it's a little one note. Like, yes, he did want to do that. But like we said, not the best. And I think that it, his idea for the beginning did not inform the second half of the movie and he just fell back on the original and if he was going to really do his own thing then I think the second half of the movie would need to look a lot different than it did right sure I completely agree with that I just it's just kind of like I was like well you know he's I mean he did his own thing the way he wanted to do it I, I don't I don't think it's good either but like you know I'm like John I you know you can't you gotta let him, you know, if he wants to do his own thing, he did. You can't, you can't fault him for adding Mystique or taking away from Mystique when clearly he, that's not what he wanted, even though we all think that that was a bad decision. But, you know, no, there's, there's drama there. Apparently there's bad blood between the two. So that's interesting. Well, my final question for you in our analysis section is I want to know, obviously remakes are a large part of horror culture. We're always going to get them. They're going to keep coming. I don't mind a remake. I never hate more of something that I like. And if it's done well, give me as many remakes as you want. But that's not always the case. And I would love to hear from you what you think is necessary to do these remakes justice. Um, And I mean, obviously, we don't necessarily think this was a success in all ways. Like, I mean, for me, basically, A, it has to be a movie that has to add something. It has to be something different than the original that you thought, you know what? I love this original movie, but what if this? Or what if that? And what if we did this? And what if we did that? It has to be repurposed, um, whether it's going to be for, for story purposes, whether there's something there's more added to the story that you think that needs to be built there or you're contextualizing it for a modern audience. So, but in a way that's kind of, um, not in a way like we're, what Zombie did with like, let's make it more gory, make it this, make it more gratuitous in a way where it's like, let's fit it with like what's happening in the world and like, let's make it a commentary on like what, like, like, like so as I wrote recently for um, an article for Room Morgue, I talked about oh. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Plug remake. it. Yeah, I'm plugging it, whatever. No, but like, what I was trying to say was that like, they're going to remake that and the original had so much subtext about what was happening in 1970s Vietnam and right in this very moment there is so much happening that parallels what was happening 45 46 years ago that it for the remake to come around and to not say anything even in the most subtle ways not to not add anything to what's happening in the world right now with a bunch of cannibal hateful awful human beings like that feels like a waste to me and yeah, sometimes we just want a very simple, good old slasher movie. I know I love my simple slasher movies too, but we're a little bit too sophisticated now to not have anything to chew on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if it's in, it's in very hidden layered ways, we need something to chew on. And I think that's what a remake, that's the purpose of a remake. It's like, okay, this one did this, but what if we took this and plugged it into what, what we're going through right now what does it have to say look at the candy we haven't seen the candy remake yet but like 
we can tell that it's they're saying a lot more about gentrification, about what you know what it, it means in post a post get out world of what it means to be um, a black villain. Possibly, you know, we don't we don't know anything about Candyman what, what he's going to be like, but like we there's a lot more to say now about that. And that's why they're redoing this. There's a purpose to it. You mean a post ma world? A post ma, of course. I mean. <laughs> a I mean, the queen, Octavia Spencer, excuse me. Um, but yeah, there just has to be more to say. And if there's not, you're wasting my time, basically. That's what yeah. I think. I totally agree. And like you said, I don't mind upping the gore. I don't mind right. upping the violence. Yeah. I felt like a lot of it felt a little dirty to me in this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't, it made, did not make, sit well with me, I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Give us something new. Give us something exciting. It doesn't have to be crazy. Like I said, Halloween 2018, not huge change, not a huge message, but it's there. And mm-hmm. I think that's a trendsetter for what we expect now. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, I want to know from you, Julianne, who or what or when from, no, not when, but from um, Halloween 2007 is your most memorable murder oh you know i'm gonna say laurie's parents i'm gonna say laurie's parents i think because not because of like there's there's cooler murders in this but i actually cared about them i liked her i like her parents i really don't care about many people in this movie um Mm -hmm. and the only other person i really cared about took her life took her own life so it's not it's not a murder considering you know um yeah, I, I think that was actually kind of heartbreaking. I don't really care when the teenagers die. I don't really, like, the, the one cool thing is, like, when Annie's boyfriend gets hung and he, he puts, like, a jack-o'-lantern on his head. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of cool. But, like, I don't care about him. I don't know him. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Lori's parents because it's sad. Yeah, I totally agree that those teens, I don't care. Like, give them what they, they deserve, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm going to say Judith Myers. I thought that was a very, it was a lot. It, it was, um, yeah, it's very drawn out. I, I will give you that. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. I thought it like... was one where, um, so I, obviously we don't have a lot of sympathy for her character. Yeah. But it was one where I thought it really captured like the human empathy of like this is someone that something really terrible is happening to right now and this is not necessarily how I want to feel when I watch a horror movie like I said like there's a a craft to making the gore and the killing joyful and that's not something this movie is interested in because I'm not going to say that it failed because I think that what we saw in this movie is exactly what Rob Zombie wanted us to see um but I thought that that one, it was just very much like, I like her character more now after seeing that death because I thought it was really uh, heartbreaking, like you were saying about Lori's parents. And I think that the performance is very nice. Sure. In death. I agree. I agree. So that is my most memorable murder. On a scary scale, one all the way up to five, what would you rate Halloween 2007? Oh, a scary scale. Um, I would, I'm between like two and a half and three. I think three is a little bit too high, but I think like we said there's a there's a there are a few moments I think it's effective. So I guess two and a half. 
we'll go with that. I'm not gonna tell you how to think. Um, I actually think I'm gonna give it like a three and a half, four. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, really? Okay, that's high. Cool. I mean, I feel like a lot of times I reserve higher ratings for things that affect me more psychologically and emotionally. But right. I think that, like I said, there is something, and I was saying this is a negative as a complaint, but there's something about how uncomfortable this movie makes me that, um, you know, like I said, that's not necessarily what I, how I want to feel that discomfort, but I think that it is a scary and disturbing experience to have to feel that way. So I'm going to rate it high because my distress meter was up there watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Now, would you give it, overall, meter aside, no matter how scared you were, a smash or a Michael Myers slash? Oh, man. I've been dreading this question. He knows how to slash. I've been dreading this question. Um, Shit. Um, I'm going to give it a smash only because... I don't think it. I like. I don't think this is a good movie. I don't, and we discussed that. We don't think it's a good movie, but I also find it still oddly fascinating and entertaining. Where it's like, if I start watching it, there's parts of it I really don't like, and I, I, I kind of want to fast forward and get and get bored by. But like, I still get sucked in this other parts. So I think that that counts for something, and I think there are a few redeeming things about it that I would give it. You know, it's. I, I think I enjoy watching his movies this time of year. The rest of the year, I don't really take to them, but because it's, it's like it's Halloween, everything's so mean and, and heightened that I'm like, yeah, screw it. It's it's teeters on Smash side. I also am having a hard time. Yeah. Um, it's a toughie. Um, I totally, I think that you and I have become of single mind on this movie. I think mm-hmm. everything you have said, I have felt. Um. So I really agree with everything you just said. Uh, Just give it a smash. (laughs) This is the most difficult decision of my life. I think, I think I will also give it the low end of a smash, Mm -hmm. a very reluctant smash. The consent is there. Do not fear. I'm not here to make that kind of situation. Didn't even talk about Harvey Weinstein. I don't want to support that oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> I know I should have pirated this movie, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just think that compared to other things I've seen from Rob Zombie, compared to the other remakes that we've seen from that era, I do think that the craft of this movie seems more sophisticated than the others. And I do think, yes, I think that I would like to give a a slight bit more credit to Rob Zombie than I have been for this episode, that I do think that if this exact remake of Halloween needed to happen, I don't think anyone could have made it better than Rob Zombie did. This sure. exact thing that we saw. Obviously, sure. I think better remakes could be. So a slight smash, but overall, like, I'm not feeling too hot about it. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I think there's credit to be done where it's like, you can tell he made the movie that he wanted to make, um, even if it's not that successful, but he did what he wanted to do, and that counts for something, so I respect that. 
Yeah. And then, you know, my final question, I love that we're at the beginning of a new season because it is slim pickings for our favorite scary movie. I am currently sitting at Death of Me because that is the only movie that we have covered on what's your favorite scary movie for season three. So before I reveal who wins in the face-off, Julianne, I'm going to give you a choice of one. What's your favorite scary movie out of the following films? Okay. Halloween 2007. <sighs> hmm. I guess I'm going to have to go with Halloween 2007. <laughs> Consider me shocked. In the battle of Death of Me and Halloween 2007, Halloween 2007 is my favorite scary movie. So we are aligned for once, Julianne, on what our favorite scary movies are. I don't anticipate it will last much longer. (laughs) We are on the same page quite a lot. Don't, don't. I guess, I guess. Julianne, it's been a pleasure. It's been absolute torment sitting through that movie, but then beautiful, beautiful joy then getting to talk to you. Yes, thank you. So thank you. No, don't thank me. Don't you dare. I thank you. I will bring you back in a moment to reveal to us how we can follow you on the internet and where we can read that Rue Morgue article I'm dying to. Um... But while we wait, I would like to tell all of our listeners that you should return next week, same time, same place, baby, because Caroline and Ian are back for the first time in season three, and we will be talking a very Halloween movie. I guess perhaps not as Halloween as Halloween. (laughs) Actually, this movie, there was less Halloween in this movie than there is in the original Halloween movie. Just throwing that out there. So maybe Hell House LLC, which we are reviewing next week and which is all about Halloween, um, will tickle your taste buds for festive treats because I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to watching that movie either. It's scary, but you can watch it on Shudder. So we'll see you next week. Not sponsored, but watch it. (laughs) And... While you're waiting for that glorious episode to impart its knowledge into your brain, uh, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review, which would be so, 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 so helpful uh, for us. Here is one from a user who is called CNJHSJDJNDKD. I would like to say, hopefully, that's not a bot. And it is a real being. They said, love the podcast, five stars. Love the podcast and crew. Keep up the good work. Thank you. That sounds like it could be fake, but thanks for the support anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually Parker just going on. (laughs) No, there's a review at the beginning of our reviews. I won't lie. It says it's from, well, it doesn't say it's from me. It's an alias, a pseudonym. So you'll have to discover for yourself. Which review you think that I left? And while you're there with that fun scavenger hunt, you can leave a review of your own. All right, Julianne, if people want to find you and your work on the internet before you return to this humble podcast, how might they do so? Sure, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Jewel Marie, the J U L Marie, and um, uh, the bulk of my stuff will be pretty much a bloody disgusting but I also contribute to nightmarish conjurings and I just 
like we just talked about, I read something for Rue Morgue recently and uh, check out my piece. I'm writing on an audition coming out soon. So yeah, just follow me there. Ooh, I look forward to reading that. That is another movie that makes me uneasy. That's something we should cover on the podcast. I don't know. Join us, me, Caroline, and Julianne, you can come too. But um, <laughs> for our live, what's your favorite scary movie Halloween party? We will be Zooming and sharing in the process of watching a scary movie together because we want nobody to feel left out and alone this holiday season for the most fabulous day of the year. But we will not be doing this on Halloween. We will be doing this on Friday, October 30th. So you better get your costumes together. It is free for all patrons and only five measly dollars for everyone else. So head on over to our Twitter or our website for all the deets. And if you want to join our Patreon so you can go to this uh, party for free because our dues happen to be the same price, so you might as well get some episodes while you're at it, you can head over to patreon.com scarymoviepod where we just put out uh, a few weeks ago a review of Hocus Pocus. So you'll want to hear that before Halloween's over. You can also follow me, Parker Heron, on Instagram, Twitter, and Litterboxd at Parker Del Rey. You can follow What's Your Favorite Scary Movie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Scary Movie Pod. You can view our calendar, how to get your sweet ticks to our Halloween party at scarymoviepod.com. And you can send all questions, feedback, and requests to scarymoviepod at gmail.com. All right, Julianne, what are you doing for Halloween this year? Um, a whole lot of not much because I'm still kind of quarantining. Are we still quarantining, guys? Kind of. We should be. Everybody Maybe. take notes from Julianne. And Julianne's also coming to our live Halloween party, I've just yeah. decided. Yeah. So you better come too, listener. We'll dress up too. I will. Good. All right, Julianne, <laughs> I will see you on Friday, October 30th with the rest of everybody listening. Yay. Bye. Bye.